0: Welcome back to Leads to Scale, a podcast about building businesses and scaling ideas. I am your host, Toby Daniels. On this week's episode, we have Penny Wilson, Chief Marketing Officer at Hootsuite. As the CMO, Penny leads Hootsuite's global marketing strategy, driving market leadership awareness, and demand generation. One of the things I loved about getting to talk to Penny was the opportunity to go back to the early days of the internet and reminisce about a company that I was a customer of and that she played a hugely important role in helping to build, which was Macromedia. And for all of you web design OGs out there, Macromedia was of course the company behind Flash, which was a really important design tool that enabled web designers to create rich and interactive web experiences. In addition to talking about her time at Macromedia, we also discussed how neuroscience can be used to develop marketing content in various communications, why Hootsuite is so obsessed with being customer and community centric in their approach, and how she sees the social media market evolving over the next few years. Huge thanks to you for listening as always. Please don't forget, to rate, review, and subscribe to Leads to Scale on your favorite podcasting app. Have a great day and enjoy the conversation. On the podcast today, we are joined by Penny Wilson, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Hootsuite. Welcome, Penny.
1: Thank you, Toby excited to be here
0: so um, we always start with uh, a sort of a cr- cr- chronology of your career um, just to sort of give our listeners a little bit of background so you've spent a number of years fulfilling a number of roles in technology operations general management um, you originally earned your uh, computer science degree from the University of Guelph and then eventually made your way into the wonderful world of marketing with with numerous roles and um, at uh, Macromedia and Merrill Lynch and, of course, now at Hootsuite. So w- what I'd love to 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 know from you, just a little bit about, kind of bit, sort of a little bit more color, I suppose, in terms of your career trajectory. Tell us a little bit about those kind of like early experiences, the tra- tra- trajectory that you have been on, and then ultimately how you uh, found yourself in your current role at Hootsuite.
1: Sure. Well, actually, I guess it's a bit of a longer story than many, but uh, I started out uh, wandering my way through university, thinking I might be in medicine. And then I went into genetics. And then finally, um, because I didn't want to wear a lab coat for the rest of my life, I decided that I would uh, uh, stick to computer science and business. So uh, that's what I graduated in. And then I spent 10 years really in the financial services industry in both Toronto and in New York city. And I think that gave me a really foundational understanding of the power of data. Um, you know, it was a very transformative generation in the eighties, um, uh, for financial services going from, you know, trading in five part pieces of paper to trading and spl- splitting, uh, of uh, a second really so um, it was a, an exciting time to be in tech um, and then i uh, met someone at a, at a party actually in, uh, in my home of toronto who said oh my gosh you know do you want to sell stocks and bonds for the rest of your life or do you want to change the world so i joined a failing public company in the 3d computer graphics space um it's a company called alias research uh we went on to combine it with wavefront and sold it to silicon graphics for about 450 million but the beauty of that was really we were at the beginning of um of a of an industry so it was originally in industrial design and in computer animation and then gaming came on board and so we really built that technology you know by our customers pushing us in everything we did. And I often tell the story about how, you know, we we went from sort of a $10 million to $100 million. And obviously more and more companies came into that market, but the way that we got ahead was doing things that challenges that our customers gave us. So if you remember the early days of gaming, um, it, you know, everyone, we we could make muscles and we could make skin look real, but their hair would sit on the top of their head and it wouldn't move. And so you could tell that it was really an animation. So you know, when we would leapfrogged, it was really that we figured out the algorithms for making digital hair and uh, it really always was a, the customers were pushing us. So it was really foundational to understand how to link your organization directly into to the customers to make um, uh, progress in everything that you do. So then post Alias, after we sold it, I went to Macromedia. Um, Macromedia was the maker of Flash, Dreamweaver, and we sold Macromedia uh, about seven years later to Adobe for 3.4 billion. Uh, then I joined uh, um, Juniper Networks as the CMO, and now I'm at Hootsuite. And I think that if you look at my career path, I think the understanding of technology and the onset of the internet and, and email and and mobile and everything else really laid that foundation where creativity and technology and data came together. So. I've been with Hootsuite for about four years. Um, you know, I've seen our customers increase from 10 million to 18 million, and clearly we aren't going to be stopping there. So, uh, but we've spent a lot of time um, really making sure that we're listening to our customers, that we're deepening those connections with them, and combining the use of uh, data and performance marketing with uh, you know really strong content and um uh yeah so that's that's where i am today
0: so it, it's it's interesting whenever i think about macro media i feel sort of all like warm and nostalgic about kind of like the early days of of, of web design my my first company was a, a web development web design company out of the uk and we, we started around sort of 99 2000 i remember macro media was sort of my my sort of you know the, the the first kind of tool that that i ever sort of became kind of familiar with um in terms of how we were building these kind of just like rich multimedia web experiences and and what's really interesting you know when i think about sort of that particular time and then obviously what you have been focused on over the course of the the you know the last like 18 or so years is 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 that there have been a number of like just major technological shifts which have obviously opened up new opportunity for for marketers Um, in a number of sort of really interesting and exciting ways. And I'm I'm curious, you know, when you think about that sort of period, what are some of the ways that you've been able to adapt and and evolve uh, over time as these different kind of, you know, transformative shifts in these like massive disruptive changes, you know, really sort of have such a a huge impact on the marketing landscape?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, if I look, if I'm comparing my experience with Macromedia. And again, I'm kind of going back to the same thing about you know having your customers push you, uh, because I feel like we have the same opportunity here at Hootsuite, where we work really closely with our customers. So everything that we do is tied to making them successful. So in Macromedia days, you know. Uh, we we developed Flash, we bought Flash actually as just an algorithm, and then we developed a whole way to make rich internet applications. And people really identified their career with the technology itself. So like yourself, when you're building uh, the web, you know, they became flashers, they became advocates for the company. And I feel that um, Suite has that same ability because we're really creating, you know, social media, management and social um, teams and their, their, their success is so intricately tied to our technology that they're the ones that are continuously pushing us to think of new and better ways to do things.
0: I mean, we, you know, when, when I think about Hootsuite and I think about the kind of the, the MarTech landscape in general, and then, you know, I think about sort of where you fit in, I think one of the, th- the, the, the sort of aspects of that that I admire most is, is the fact that you are so, so customer centric. I mean, I, I was a, individually, I was a very early user back in the days, even before Ryan and the team had sort of spun out the product from Invoke. Then you know later on through social media we can crowd it, we became enterprise customers have been very much kind of you know um, uh, you know part of that experience and have witnessed firsthand the sort of the customer centricity and the the focus on you know how you work really closely with your customers. Um, But what I'm interested to 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 know from you in in such an incredibly competitive world of you know the martech world SaaS technologies etc. How how first of all have you maintained your independence. And and secondly, how have you remained so customer and so community centric in in just how you uh, approach the business?
1: Well, I would say we're probably a very good user of our own tools. Um, so we do a lot of listening, uh, over social with our customers. We, um, we're really, uh, um, you know, pride ourselves on our exceptional relationships with our partners Um, and, uh, you know, whether it be Google or Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, um, you know, we have an ongoing relationship. So, the purpose of Hootsuite is really to champion the power of human connection and so what better way to champion that than to offer these kinds of robust abilities to extend our platform through these partners and the integrations that we make available. So we also, in addition to our network partners, we have a lo- the largest ecosystem in the social media management space with 150 apps um, and uh, and a lot of developers who are developing uh, behind that. So. Uh, you know our relationship with our partners, our relationship with our ecosystem, our relationship with our customers, really allows us to live into that purpose of championing the power of human connection, and really ensure that it's a win-win relationship all along the way.
0: So when you first joined, you joined four years ago. Um, you mentioned obviously you've you've helped to grow the customer base from ten to eighteen million. Can, can you talk about some of the kind of key drivers um, that have that have been um, you know, most important in terms of how you've gone from 10 to 18 million customers?
1: Well, I think because we allow sort of a freemium to premium opportunity where anybody can try the, the software <clears throat> before they buy it, uh, we also offer a robust education opportunity through our academy. Um, so, you know, we have a number of courses. Uh, there's about 400,000 people that have taken these courses and um, many of which have become certified. So we're really viewed as a leader in the space. Uh, we've also uh, produced a number of you know, reports about trends in the industry. We have one of the most active blogs. We have uh, access to lots of thought leadership, lots of webinars, lots of training, and we've also added a number of products to our quiver really for um, like our advocacy tool, our social selling tool allows us to really um, give companies the opportunity to use their employees as a lever in um, communicating with their customers and uh, also uh, the addition of our ads um, product, as well as uh, the addition of our impact product, which is, I think, one, a really important thing as you see social become a more mature channel, uh, an ability to really tie your activities in social to the, uh, the business outcomes and the customer outcomes that you're trying to drive.
0: We interrupt this week's episode of Leads to Scale to share an update in regards to our forthcoming conference in London, the 10th annual edition of Social Media Week London. Europe's premier conference for media and marketing professionals is taking place at the QE2 Conference Center in Westminster between October 31st and November 1st. This year's event will continue the 2019 global theme stories with great influence comes great responsibility. A conversation that will explore how social media has become the most influential story platform in the world that has the power to both unite and divide us. Check out our first wave of speakers and secure your pass by visiting socialmediaweek.org forward slash London. Don't forget to use the code leads number two scale at the checkout to save an additional 10% off your pass. All right, let's get back to the show. We're, we're, I think, really at a fascinating inflection point in regards to the sort of maturation of social media. Um, You've seen these waves of innovation happened before um where do you where do you think we are today in terms of the maturation of social media um you know has it peaked is it plateaued and and i think even more importantly what what do you see next what what do you see coming down the pipe in the next like one to two years that we should be focused on and concerned about as as practitioners um you know in the world yeah, of social
1: media? Um so i think we're still very much at the beginning so i think there's a long tail of of companies that are still just starting on the social media journey Um, i think as you see the um you know millennials come into the more senior positions in organizations you see social being used more and more at the top of an organization um And, you know, so I think we're clearly only at the beginning. Um, And from a trends perspective, um, you know, we do a lot uh, around publishing our our social trends report. Uh, We'll have a 2021 coming out shortly. We also publish, you know, digital uh, report, which shows sort of 200 and 30, I think, countries around the world and how much digital is growing. So it's still very much an actively growing market. But some of the trends that I think um, uh, that you're, we're going to be seeing is obviously there's uh, with the whole privacy thing, there's a big uh, pivot from uh, public channels to private channels. And I think that gives uh, organizations an opportunity to really improve the customer experience, uh, to make it more of an intimate one-to-one relationship, for a customer to feel more secure, to make it more personal. Um, you know, often people um, will will give you more information if you if they feel confident. Um, But it is going to change. The pivot to privacy is going to definitely change marketing. Um, And so, you know, we'll need to be actively looking for ways to ask for permission from people. And I also think that, um, as I mentioned earlier, that really being able to tie Social to a a business outcome or a customer outcome that you're trying to drive whether it's you know you're trying to increase sales or you're trying to um, uh, Drive leads really making sure that you can tie your social activity to that or maybe it's just that you want to engage with your customers more and so you want more of that customer engagement, or you want to ensure that customers, that you're giving the right level of personalization to a customer, and so that the content that you're developing is relevant to those that you're targeting. Um, So, and then there's lots of changing formats. Um, So, you know, uh, whether it be the video format, um, you know, it's continuing to explode. You can see storytelling and you know, we're really moving from storytelling to story living. Uh, from a marketing perspective, being able to be more, much more spontaneous with your content so that it's not so um, o- you know, overproduced, that it's really transparent and authentic to your customers. Um, I see social commerce being a huge opportunity. Um, clearly, with Pinterest and with Instagram, they, those are two uh, uh, social channels that have a, a big opportunity, but you can see it coming from the kind of commerce activity that um, you know you see in China as an example, with the China's Gen Z uh, choosing to buy straight from social. So I think that uh, we'll see that more and more in North America and across the world.
0: I, I want to go back to the point about privacy. So I, do, I do think it's a really important one. I mean, you know, I think, it, it, you know, Zuckerberg came out and obviously, you know, talked about this shift um, and which I thought was a very interesting point in time. Hard to know whether much of what he was talking about was, was strategic versus obviously wanting to kind of put a little bit of a a, a spin on, on the current pressure that Facebook is under. But nevertheless, when you look at what people want, and, and where they are starting to kind of gravitate towards. Um, clearly, as you say, there is a, sh- a shift from, you know, open environments to private encrypted um, spaces where people feel a, a, a more secure and, and safer in in regards to how they connect and communicate. And of course, I think in many ways a shift to private um, does represent the greatest challenge of our time in terms of how marketers adapt to that. And, and you touched on this a little bit, but I'm just curious if you, if you can go into a little bit more detail about, you know, the conversations you're having with marketers and when you're talking to them and providing them advice and guidance in regards to how they sort of adapt to this change. Like, what are some of the things that you're you're talking about in helping them prepare for a world where it is going to become significantly more difficult to connect and engage with consumers in these private environments.
1: Yeah, um, so I think it's also you know going to force a maturity from from for an organization on from a social media usage perspective. Um, it, I think that this is where we'll be introducing Opportunities for um, for AI, as, as an example, to to really help with the trust building and to be able to get customers in private channels to the results that they're looking for faster. Um, I think that um, you know there will be a clear distinction between public and private social networks. Um, so social media will have to be used more purposely across the entire customer journey. So whether it's, you know, the social media team from a marketing perspective or it's a, um, it's a uh, uh, customer support organization, or it's a sell sales organization. I think that uh, it'll, it'll be more about that one-to-one relationship. And I also believe that from an advertising perspective, we're going to have to make content that is more relevant to an individual, that they will be giving permission uh, as to whether uh, they want to see your advertising or not. Um, So those are a couple of things that I think will change from a marketing perspective.
0: No, definitely. There's also been a a sort of, I feel a a growing dialogue around the need to introduce a more sort of human element to marketing. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, very much so. And that's what I was saying. I think we have to move more towards um, being willing to not have overproduced information to be a little bit more spontaneous, a little bit more transparent with our information. and. and really trust our employees more from a social perspective, because truly, um, organizations. I, I, you know, there's been some studies that show that uh, employees are one of the most trusted uh, um, sources of information for an organization, and more trusted than the press, more trusted than uh, analysts, even. And so, you know, I think that what will happen is you'll see social media used more as a fundamental tool, almost in every um,
0: uh, job. L- looking ahead, when I think about two thousand and twenty, um, and and how the sort of landscape is going to continue to shift, I've been spending a lot of time to, specifically looking at the the martech landscape and you know the 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 number of companies that are now sort of in the martech space i think has exceeded something like 7000 globally so you know clearly there's been a huge amount of growth in that space over time um but also it feels like a, a fairly sort of saturated market as well. I mean, I think there are some predictions that it is really going to begin to kind of slow and 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 inevitably will start to see even more kind of consolidation taking place. Do, do you have any thoughts and, and sort of predictions in regards to how the MarTech landscape is going to change over the course of the next few years?
1: Well, I do think it is a busy... Um, uh... Landscape, you know. As a CMO, I'm constantly sort of requested to look at new technologies. And a big part of it is, um, I, I I would agree with you. I think that we'll see some consolidation uh, because there's a lot of technologies that sort of need to integrate with one another, and I and I believe that's uh, what one of the fundamental things that we've done at Hootsuite is build that open ecosystem. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a busy market that will we'll need to, um, you know, the whole concept of that single user profile um, is going to become more and more important. So laying that fundamental
0: foundation for everything to feed into one source of truth. Totally agree. Um, f- final question for you, Penny, before we wrap up. So, you know, so- social media has, has had a sort of an interesting couple of years um you know sort of broadly as a concept um i think there's a lot of criticism around um uh you know how the the sort of the role and impact it's had on our lives people are feeling um, that their relationship to technology has become increasingly complicated the extent to which they're using these different digital tools and using social media in general has got to a point where they would feel probably more comfortable in in, in terms of, for more comfortable sort of retreating and pulling back a sort of little bit do you, do you have any sort of personal thoughts just about kind of where we are today societally in regards to kind of like our relationship to social media and, and any thoughts in terms of what you think needs to happen next so that our relationship with social media is an increasingly positive one?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, I would say there's probably three things that I believe are important elements. Um, you know, as you look across, uh, um, you know, whether it be boomers or millennials or Gen Z or upcoming Gen alpha, I think that the, the world is really pivoting towards the age of the individual and you have to be able to, um, you know, target and connect with everyone as an individual. Um, so, Convenience is a big factor in this world. Connection is a big factor and relevance of that connection. Um, And then, of course, control and privacy and trust. So I think more and more the the opportunity is to develop a really, truly meaningful relationship um, and build a trusted culture as a brand and and make sure that you you can clearly uh, drive a purpose and a measurement in everything that you do. Um,
0: this is a perfect way to wrap up this conversation. Penny, I really do appreciate your time. It's been wonderful talking with you today. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Toby. It was great. Thank you for listening to leads to scale, a podcast from social media week. Leads to scale is edited and produced by Al Manorino. For the latest news and insights, or to learn more information about how to get involved with future Social Media Week events, please visit socialmediaweek.org.